Dandy Warhols are on the move. They have a new album due and a tour that will bring them to New Zealand in April. We found frontman Courtney Taylor Taylor in his basement in Portland, Oregon, where he reminisces about previous New Zealand tours. Oh, stayed in a really sketchy hotel, like, uh, you know, combination locks on all the door nice. steel doors. And yeah, it was really gross. <laughs> I didn't even know they had places like that in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do love we played Christchurch, you know, right. which was which is half rebuilt. Yes. And frozen in time. And that, that is a really interesting vibe. And we had such a wonderfully good time. Right. And um, we had gone to Christchurch 20 years ago and had gone to a restaurant. They said all the politicians always eat here. They have like four different kinds of lamb, lamb ways to prepare lamb. Yep. And they each have a different wine pairing, Pinot, with oh, them. Yep. Yeah, it was cool. And I don't think that place is there anymore. And Might have um, lost it in the earthquake. Who knows? Yeah, I know. That's oh, just so it sad. A, it is very much. Yeah, it was a rough time. But uh, hopefully things are more stable these days down there. So see how it yeah. goes. Anyway, so you're you're kicking off the tour. You're touring North America on the March fourth, I think. So, and then you're coming mm -hmm. down to this part of the world from there. So, how do you? What does the band do to prepare? Do you have to learn new songs? Do you talk? Well, about yeah, them? we have to. We build these songs in the studio like they're electronic music, you know. Right. Um, they're half. They're like hybrids, you know, half electronic, half mics, preamps, you know, shit, you know. Am amps preamps you know the whole thing all that stuff so um <laughs> yeah old school crusty and um you know so then we got to learn them right make those live live music decisions so we're we're right now that's what we're doing and we're it's weird feeling like a dandy warhol's cover band right you know right. like we're learning this band's songs right no uh, Okay, so the so that, well, well, so what are some of the songs that you're spending the most time on on the new album? Well, the four singles, right? You know, so far, all right. Um, and it's you know, it's like damage control, and then you know, we, we'll start on sound checks during sound checks and stuff like that. You start learning more songs off your record, right? So one of those singles is "Summer of Hate." Is that correct? Yeah, that was the first one. And we released that before we were on a record label. We released right. that one last like, October. Seven inch or something, right? I fuck, I don't probably not. I believe um, you did. Because the flip side was a damn song, love song. Oh, that got made? Oh shit. <laughs> cool, man. According to Discogs, it did. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool. Wow. Yeah, well, no, we just put it up digitally and do all the digital things, you know. And yeah, yeah, we yeah. hired a couple different PR people that knew we were just self-releasing, so they gave us a good deal and helped to push it. 
Right. But, you know, once you have a record label, like that's a serious record label that, you know, a good, so solid, strong indie label that wants to put some money out into it and, 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 and kick some ass, uh, it makes a big difference. You yep, know, yep, it's, yep. it's, 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 it's like, you know, sadly, you have to spend a bunch of money to get noticed. And that's kind of what's behind all the, oh, I just did this in my bedroom. You know, right. that whole era turned out to not be true. And right. people weren't, people had big management companies and were on, on little labels that were Sony labels or things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, that was, uh, rather deflating news to find out that no this isn't actually you can no, 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 the world it's it's gone back to you know trying to advertise anything on the internet is probably like it was when you people would you know open their trunk of their car and try to sell their cds out of the trunk of their car in new york city on st yep. mark's <laughs> i remember those days <laughs> yeah, i bet you do <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's always and and of course the little guy or the ind independent is always the, the one that gets has to deal with all this crap and the record labels are still rolling in cash and it, the trickle down theory doesn't really work, does it? Yeah, it it really did in the '90s for some reason. You know, I think yeah. um, just because MTV had created such a great uh, world culture of like cool bands, cool right. artists, you know the. The Cure, The Clash, those are people we would not have had massive hits without MTV. Right. That would have never fit in, you know, because until then it was going to be another Journey record, another Foreigner record, you know, another Pat Benatar record. And it was Radio Some Mario Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah, it was just radio, FM radio. It was just yeah. a juggernaut and it hadn't changed in a long time and it wasn't going to because they didn't have to. That's right. And then they, and then they got... Of, they got upstaged hard like the internet did to it then mtv yep. and brought it back into corporate control yep so now it's 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 you know we we make nothing off of our music and spotify and apple and all these the purveyors they are the gatekeepers for what yep. gets pushed yep yep what gets special attention and um you know and it, which is kind of what we expected the whole time so it, you know i mean it, we had a great surprise back in the day when we got big that was really cool and weird yeah uh, but it, i guess it could happen back then still so that was great um now just i don't know uh i don't know if uh i guess you'd have to get your song in a big movie or commercial that helps, yeah. campaign, you know? or just change your name to taylor swift <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah all righty so um i assume another one of the songs that you're working on is i'd like to help you with your problem uh, the, yes uh, i see you put a video out you got slash on it so uh, what can you tell me about the song making it writing it presenting it
that riff uh, was was something my roommate came up with when we were about 22 years old. Right. Right. And right in the heart of of uh, grunge when right. before grunge was he, he came up with that before uh, Stone Devil Pilots or uh, Pearl Jam or Alice in Chains had released any major label material whatsoever. Gotcha. And I loved it. I just thought that riff was so cool. And I've been playing it for years. Um, I joined a different band, and uh, which would then be my last band playing the drums ever. <laughs> and uh, joined that band, and he went off and ended up being one of the managers of uh, the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and shit like that. So he's doing all right. Uh, ultimately, he did just he did just fine. Um, and uh, and then I just so I pulled that riff out. I just you know okay, we're making a metal record, right? Or we're making a, a metal record where every song starts with a metal riff, right? But it can go like you know the the song with Debbie Harry that went very Nick Cave, right? And and the and the grunge riff went very Sabbath Vietnam vet rock you know love thyself kind of 50s ish that went ramonesy right um they all just kind of had their own like stream you know the cross ended up very crowd goth right club you know and, stuff like and i that. thought so, root yeah, of all was, evil was almost funky well that's it was supposed to be um the yardbirds <laughs> but that but once you add metal play it on a metal you know overdriven marshals with the you know all the fuzz and shit on it um it became i i thought no that sounds like sly and the family stone when they started using heavy metal guitar yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh so we just went okay get the triangle out get the congas out you know and are there horns in there as well yeah 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 so yeah, we have a, when you when you're making these decisions, are they group decisions? Are they your decisions? Producer, director? I mean, who's who's? I I've always been, because I produced because I produced every record and was the one with the, all the recording experience and recording chops back. You know when we first started. Yeah. Uh, I realized very quickly that I needed to just have everyone record so much shit. <laughs> that they couldn't remember what they recorded so their feelings don't get hurt right 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 <laughs> yeah that, that's very important don't want to hurt anybody yep. and and if they do actually get hurt you can go oh there it is bring it up and right. then it, maybe it's been so long they don't realize that it's oh you know a lot of what happened oh oh it was a lot cooler i thought it was it's not as cool as i remembered it being yep you know or or you sit and crank on it and tweak it out and use a lot of plugins and effects and and manipulate it until it is cool yeah. you know right right but there's only so much space in a speaker yeah you know, yeah so, yeah so so to speak so has the group dynamic changed much over the 30 years um that the creative process is amazing you know because i'm not the only one with you know i i barely have more Having five years more recording experience than everyone else yep. is, uh, or eight years is nothing now. Right. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. all been through all of it. So I I don't have to work, you know, I don't have to work as hard. 
Gotcha. I can, I can, you know, we can split it up. And now we all have like Zia is, she watches the numbers. She crunches the numbers. Pete deals with any equipment issues, right? Transportation, purchasing, you know, acquisition, all of that stuff you know, that's Pete. You know, my thing is the marketing yeah. and the interfacing with the label side, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we've, it's, we've had to manage ourselves on and off. Um, and, you know, you usually come out of a record label experience, not wanting to ever do it again. Yeah. Uh, now we're, we're at an age where, you know, it's, you ha- you gotta be a fan if you're going to sign us. Right. You know, we're not, we're not selling records to nine year olds, you know, <laughs> with all their mommy and daddy's, you know, spending money goes to them. Yep. We're not doing it. We're not that, you know, so it's, it's a different, you know, it's a, no one's trying to get us to fit into some, you know, pop form format that into a format. There is no format, you know, That's we true. made a, we made a metal record and, <laughs> it was very hard to find a record label, right? You know, yep, yep, yep like yep. they're not, you know, what what would record labels think is happening? Yacht rock, you know, <laughs> like what what scene do they think is an easy sell at this point? Yeah. You know, rap, country rap, you know, that's I mean, that's those are kind of the last things that were additions to what we do now. Yep. Um, you know, when you get these great guitar bands like, you know, like Tame Impala or, and they, you know, Arctic Monkeys, and they just wandered off into Yacht Rock and, and did really well, I can see the allure of it for record labels. Like, but then talk about a crowded market. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. And who's going to, you know, who's going to cough up the money? Yep. Uh, for for that you better be a 19 year old hot piece of meat you know like (laughs) cute boy hot girl you know (laughs) and you know and have a long lifespan ahead of you of your career just in case right 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 so getting back to the metal thing um so you made the decision to kind of make a metal record What, what is your relationship with metal do you have a favorite metal band album anything that you were listening to when you were a kid that kind of stayed with you all these years i did during covid i had metal monday where oh, every great. monday i would post uh you know breaking the law right you know fast as a shark um you know whatever you know it was it was it could be sepultura or it could be you know, run to the hills uh <laughs> number of the beast whatever uh I, I really this priest has got a new album coming out like two weeks from now. So that's pretty cool. cool. You're still cooking. We uh we almost we were gonna reach out and see if Rob would or we did actually ask Halford, ask his manager or whatever, but he I think he was he was like resting up his voice and not doing any extra singing because they were recording. Right. At the I'm, same time we were, so he was not taking on any other work uh but that would have been fucking amazing to have slash and rob halford together but frankly i'm a lot happier that it's me <laughs> and Ro- me uh, me rather than rob halford with you know singing yep. well, you know, it's, it's yeah it's, it's cool 
right. Hey, I think I have another interview I've got to get to. Do you have any other um just specific... briefly one specific uh Black Francis is on a couple. Just tell me why he's in there as well. Well, when the Danzig 4 industrial sludge track yeah. became more Pixies-ish, you know, once Pete laid his doodly blabbly blabbly stuff and yeah. the vocal style, it just came across to me as more Pixies. There you go. And uh, I was on with Charles and I have been acquaintances. Like, I have his phone number. Yeah. I don't have Slash's phone number, you know. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I... Uh, I had hooked him up and his teenage sons and everything. Uh, we're all on tour together. And I hooked him up in Zurich with my friend who runs the Giger estate to go to the museum and the mansion and all the shit. And uh, um, so I was on the phone with him anyway. And uh, he said, wow, thanks and everything. Uh, man, if there's anything I can do. And I was like, yeah. There you go. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that that's how he came around. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll let you go. Thanks for squeezing me in today. Have fun. Oh, man. With all Thank the you. Oh, it's a pretty cool place you got there. What is that above you? Is it like a basket thing? Oh, uh, it's my light. Um, I can match that. Look at my stained glass thing on my line. Oh, uh, yeah. It's nice. It's a nice vibe. Having <laughs> some big light thing looming. I decided it needed a stained glass dome in the middle of nowhere. But yeah. <laughs> it's rad. It is pretty good. Okay. All right. Better get Have a great day. Thank you very much. See you Thanks, once again. You too.